This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the preview show edition of the Blue Monday podcast, a three times weekly show looking into all things Ipswich Town. I'm your host, Richard Woodward, and I'm delighted to welcome back the brilliant Harry from Bath. Harry, how's it going? Hi, Rich. All good here? All good here? Quite weak? Quite yeah, a little weak. bit, you know. Yeah. It's did a bit did... of a thom- Tom Twiddler, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah not much for us <laughs> to talk about. I'm not sure. Yeah. And we've and we've Stoke was only a few weeks ago, so I mean, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. Yeah, we did can we, make plans we... for next season, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We could do. Yeah, it's, it's, I was, it's, it's the thing that was felt a bit like an international break, but uh, as I say, we may not have too many of those next season to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have those to the uh, list of firsts. <laughs> exactly. that we'll have next season. Well, let, where do we yeah. start then? Um, well, should we talk about? Um, yeah. fighting in the dugouts at Norwich yeah. City or we'll talk about yeah. Norwich and Derby because yeah. both of them similar patterns to the games I guess the outcomes are yeah. very different but yeah. um, the establishment of this diamond formation um, a little bit more fight in the team um, yeah. a bit of rotation for Derby but the pattern of the games really consistent aren't they yeah, yeah. Um, and this one minute goal that we appear to be giving away that needs to stop doesn't it Oh, it's a thickener. It really is. You just kind of, you just know it's going to happen. I was, I was, uh, I was watching the Derby game at home, and I was, my partner was saying, she said, "You don't want to know." And I just went, I was literally making a cup of tea. I literally missed the first couple of minutes, and and she said, "Said, uh oh." And I just went, "You don't." And she said, "You don't want to know." And I realised, oh, we've done it again, haven't we? Mm. Yeah. But so both of them familiar. avoidable as well. Both of them Utterly, avoidable. Utterly avoidable. We just start cold. We just went in cold. So that's what it was. Yeah. Mm. It was so frustrating, but um, but that said, interesting. I'm going to start with the Stoke comments, if I may, mm. um, because and and I've got one from Derby as well. Stoke fan said, I saw I saw the, I saw the bit a bit of the Norwich game at the weekend, and Ipswich didn't look bad after their early mistake. They were awful in the final third, bad crosses and bad bad pass choices like us, which we come on to. But they're looking a lot better than they were since Lambert has been there. The defence is certainly a lot better. And then Derby, there was some really telling comments from Derby. There's a very good Derby podcast and I followed them on Twitter. And I was keeping an eye on them during the game um, on Wednesday night. Ipswich are not playing like a team who've given up on their season. They're putting up a fight. 
They turned the game into a scrap and we are flapping around making daft mistakes under pressure. The thing I took from both of those was that we were, for the first time this season, we were starting to play games on our terms yes. and not playing them on the opponent's terms. And that it gave me a sense of a personality of the team emerging, a sense of what might be next season. It'll, you know, it, we always said it was going to take time to come together, but you can suddenly see glimpses, and it's not a false dawn. This, this is a, a proper sense of dawn. Mm. You know that you feel right now we're getting an identity. And things cannot be as bad as they were six months ago. Surely, you know, we can now get a sense of constant improvement. So anyway, that's, that's a, an in initial the thought. Yeah. Image of Paul Lambert as well, isn't it? You know, yeah. the yeah. tough, combative midfielder, yeah. um, and also oh, yeah. passionate as well. You know, the the, yeah. the supporters are definitely buying into this and contributing. Last night, I could hear the town fans through the the stream that I watched oh, yeah. on the red button. It was clear yeah. for everyone. A big old cheer when the goal went in as well. Everyone mm. appears. It, we, 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 we've been talking about things clicking haven't we the last few weeks yeah. how yeah. the lone players needed to come in have time to get up to speed and it appears that maybe the Norwich game albeit the result was pretty harsh and the goals mm. that they scored were clinical but otherwise we were really much in the game um, yeah. that maybe Judge coming to the fore which he has done Keane I thought is starting to be a really useful focal point up front as well maybe yeah. this is the time albeit I don't <laughs> We'll probably be asked questions about is it too little too late or can we still survive but even yeah. if we don't as you've kind of alluded to setting up this way of playing setting up this um, combative approach is only going to be useful when we need to struggle and toil in league yeah. one maybe next season yeah and it also gives agree. us hope as well you know it, it continues that hope that as soon as we give up on relegate on survival the season's over and mm. it's tough isn't it it's just tough to sustain motivation and to avoid being turned over so it'd be great if we keep it going on as long as possible wouldn't it oh no there's a, I, you sense that uh three f hopefully longer year project under lambert is beginning mm. no okay. question about that and what we're seeing now are the the shoots starting to come up through the ground so in a way what happens this season in the kind of three to five year view is irrelevant it would be lovely if we didn't go down and we could then regroup over the summer and stay up and and push on but if we do drop well we have you know we, we can still work around that if, the, if if that is an obstacle but um it's um no there's lots to be hopeful for i mean simple things like i felt you know we're not rather than being wedded to the passing out from the back where we have felt we just didn't quite have the the talent or the confidence to do that initially you know it's not not being afraid to mix it going a bit more direct now that we have a little bit more height and physicality in the team mm. it's um and bearing in mind what are we now where it's we're recording this valentine's day it's only a couple of weeks since these players have come in so you know to see it suddenly starting to turn it's a it's a, it's a hopeful sign mm. yes yeah. and can we say yeah. happy valentine's day to everyone although they'll be hearing <laughs> it tomorrow and it'll be too late so yeah. hopefully you've got plenty yeah. of cards and chocolates and all that stuff um here, quickly here. we um you have been a long term um i'm trying to you've been giving us the insight that colin kwana's game is maybe more about the assists than everything else we've got a question about yeah. his stature yeah. and heading ability but an assist um, last night and a goal for Nolan as well which I think is also maybe a useful maybe a yeah. confidence booster for him because yeah. he had a tough start against Norwich but grew into the game but any thoughts on on those two or are you just going to say well I told you so no 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 time, <laughs> it's, it's, it just takes time on the training ground it just takes time and when you've got Nolan being coached by Lambert every week as I say it's, I always bang on about the old covalent bonds the level of understanding the relationships building up I mean the way Nolan intercepted the ball Derby were daydreaming in the in the, for the for our goal in that early part of the second half Nolan was alert he got the ball not, the, the, not only when he passed it to Quaner was he Quaner was off but Nolan was off 
like a hair as well. Yeah, was, yeah. And that was the key to me. It was almost the, the run that, Quan, that Nolan made as much as anything else because Quanner had great composure on the ball. Of course, by then, Derby was an attacking set piece for them. They were spread-eagled and they couldn't get back quickly enough. So th- there was there was quality and alertness to it as well. But as I say, it, it just, it's going to be these... We're going to keep seeing these little signs, things that weren't quite working is what the Stoke fan was saying about us not being good in the final third, that getting better and better and better. Going back to the Norwich game, I still think that if Puki had played for us, we'd have won the game 2-1. Yeah, I, I've had similar thoughts and I've thought that myself yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame, isn't it's it? A, yeah. Just just going looking at the games chronologically, I don't know, if, just briefly on Norwich, I've written two things down here. One, it's a game I won't miss. Um, I I just hate it. I absolutely detest that game, and particularly the way things that the way it's been over the last few years with them. Um, we won't dwell on Norwich supporters side of things because th- th- there's no point. But the other thing which I which I would add is I felt that they gave us fewer problems than when we played Leeds and when we played West Brom. Yeah. I I okay. We might have said we were at a worse a lower rep at that time, but I still think Norwich aren't all that. Now they might make well, the playoffs. Well, last night showed it, didn't they? They lost to yeah. Preston, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. If you get amongst them, they can. They are brittle. They can be. They can be got at. And the fact that we were able to dominate so much of the play, it just you know it's. I'm I'm, I'm just not. I'm just not convinced, and it's not just bias. I think. They may. We'll, we'll see how it goes. There's still a quarter of the season to run, and other teams are suddenly clicking. So um, we'll, we'll we'll see. It's yeah, not, and Leeds it's, have had a bit of a glitch. A Sheffield United maybe had needed a bit of a kick up the arse, and that Villa game was that. Yeah. Um, and Norwich have had it generally quite easy. They've got a, a run of pretty winnable <laughs> hashtag winnable games yeah. coming up, which might be helpful for us. But actually, yeah. if they come out of this and, and maybe have lost, dropped a few points, it's yeah. confidence gonna is gonna drop, isn't it? But you say is what you say. They've got to run, a, as I say, hashtag winnable games. But Preston should, would have been a winnable game in their scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. And, Pre- and Preston just got stuck in there. I always think they they play a model of football very much in the in the image of Alex Neal. It's Ooh. Scottish. It's in your face. It's high octane intensity football. You can see you can see Lambert might be trying to do a similar thing with us, and that Norwich couldn't live with it, and they were getting rattled at the end. It was. Um, yeah. So we do was... have a question on 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 Norwich. So mm. let's not go too far on that line, but we're kind of yeah. alluding to the question. So we'll come back to that one. Um, mm-hmm. Did you say you had another point on Norwich? I wanted to quickly um, ask you about the kerfuffle on the bench at half Yeah, time. I, I I didn't have a problem with that at all. I really didn't have a problem at all. Okay. I think I think um, I think Lambert was within his rights to 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 stand his ground against them. And it goes back to what we talked about last week, that there is a different... I, I, I do feel at that ground, we are made, for whatever reason, to feel like second-class citizens. Mm. And it comes through with the supporters, and Lambert wasn't prepared to take it from a club point of view as well. So in terms of the officials and the status of them, there is a feeling that they're they're, they're lording it over us a little bit. And I yeah. think Lambert was... he did you know, It wasn't... He didn't directly go in and say and say that, but he but he did in his post match comments. He just said, you know, he wasn't going to let this club get bullied or get get walked all over. And I think, I think he put his finger on something there. So no, fair play to him. Absolutely, yeah, fair yeah play. exactly right. And it, and I think it lifted us a little bit as well. Second half. Nor was it a Mourinho-like calculated thing. I think it was sincere. I don't think he was trying to do it to take the pressure. Mourinho would do that so that they would talk about him rather than the players. Yeah, no, I, I saw some tweets about that, and I don't think it, it was that. No, it wasn't that at all. I just think he looked at the situation, saw what it was, and he decided, no, I'm not having this. Yeah. yeah. Fair play to him. Any final thoughts on, on Norwich or Derby, or should we um, head, on, head uh, on to Stoke? 
anything else on Derby, um, just we have to keep Alan Judge. And I was, yeah. I have to be honest, yeah. I was I was fearful when I saw the starting 11. But we'll come on and talk, because we're going to move on and talk about Diamonds. And I thought, a huge praise for Chalaba, because oh. that, everyone talks about the Diamond system, or with a narrow midfield, however you want to call it, four three one two, whatever, that the, the fullbacks come under a lot of pressure, which they do. However, um, the, the holding midfielder, it takes tremendous positional discipline and also alertness, both with and without the ball, in terms of how to, you know, get, to get the geometry right. It, it, it can go badly wrong. And I just thought Chalaba had a phenomenal game. I just felt his mobility and his reading of the game, it brought out, it, it just brought out all the right colours in him. Good last night as well. And, yeah. and yeah. I thought he, he was... I thought he started slowly on Sunday, but grew into the game certainly. In the, the, yeah. the beginning of the second half, he was immense. And also that kind of, the Lambert kind of confronting Norwich with their kind of little sneaky little fouls and all that kind of stuff. When he was knocked over, I think it was, was it by Lewis or, I'm trying to remember who knocked yeah. who, or it might have been Wendy, wasn't it? And, and he's kind of sized Wendy. up to him and, and yeah. head to head and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Got into Chalibur as well. And he, and he can only benefit from learning yeah. from Lambert as well. Yeah, Albeit exactly. his future might not be in that midfield position, it might be somewhere else, but I thought yeah. he's really grown into the season and, and people, we've been long-term advocates of Chalibur. We accept that yeah. he's learning the game, you'll get the odd mistake. But I think most of the Blue Monday team, particularly us two, I think, or yeah. we, on this show, we've said that we there's a player there and I think we're starting to see it now. Well, time and again, opposition fans, because you always see what they're saying on their forums about us, and they always say after in post-match comments, Chalaba, he's he's good. They can see it. You know, well, you are, they, didn't your Stoke yeah. friends say that? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they said he was absolute. You could see his my Stoke my Stoke made Paul when we went to the game in December. His father, who'd seen Stanley Stanley Matthews playing, he'd seen Banks, he'd seen all the great players over the years. And he said afterwards, we were walking out of the stadium, and he said, Chalaba, he said he's some player. Yeah. No, he, and he said no, he will be some player. That was the phrase he said. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a, he is a thoroughbred, no question. Yeah. Well, it's almost like I've set up a segue to take us to Stoke, um, <laughs> and that's why I'm here, everybody. Uh, um, so, two nil um, away defeat um, oh, yeah. back in the last year. Um, just as a bit of a setup for this show, we've obviously Stoke um, <laughs> spoken about Stoke and um, spoken about Stoke players in quite a lot of detail in the last session. So yeah. what we'll probably focus on is there's a big change, obviously, in the dugout. Mm. So I think we'll talk about the kind of the last three last few weeks of Rowett's reign and Nathan Jones. Um, there's, de- there's been a formation change which Harry has alluded to, so I think we'll pick up on that. We'll talk about some of the players that have come into the team, some of the players that have gone out of it, um, and we'll probably pitch it that way. Um, yeah. So, should we start with the end of Gary Rowett? Yeah. We picked up, both of us, you in the home and me in the away end, that there was some disenchantment about the way that Rowett yeah. was going on about things. And I think yeah. from day one, I've always had the sense that that job wasn't a good fit for Gary Rowett. No. And I... Obviously, the results weren't great. They were lower mm. mid-table, I think, when he was sacked. Yeah. I don't think they'd won. I think they won one more game after they beat us, which mm. was Bolton, and then turn of the year they drew with Shrewsbury in the cup, and he was gone. Um, any thoughts from your perspective, Harry, on Rower or anything that you've gleaned from the Stoke fans on that one? Presumably, yeah. not a huge amount of disappointment. No, there wasn't. But it, there is a wider comment to make here one of them wrote many believe the pressure from fans forced Rowett out we saw that at the game it was clear there was there was that sort of mood of hostility um it's it's difficult because he plays a counter-attacking type of football in a team which you would expect with the quality they have to dominate and he recruited for that but can I I wonder can I 
scope out a little bit, Rich, on this because there is a wider thing here. And I want to particularly to any of them. I know it is a tiny minority, but anybody's thinking, oh, Lambert's results haven't been have been similar to Hearst's. Maybe we, we should be thinking of getting rid of Lambert. I just want to absolutely just take a sledgehammer to that now and kill it because just looking at what Stoke have done there's a case study here there's a chaotic manager recruitment and player recruitment strategy going on there and if they're not careful they could do a Sunderland 13 months ago Mark Hughes was there since then they've gone from an organized and shape-based system to Lambert who's played energetic and on the foot on the front foot as we've seen then you go to Rowett who plays counter-attacking with wingers and then they bring in Jones who plays a narrow diamond system so there's you're saying there's no overarching strategy behind that in terms of the players the players are left behind aren't they where do you go? I mean, they're talking, this comes up, the players are playing without any confidence at the moment. Not only that, but you're also the recruitment strategy then that goes with that. You've then got, who are they bringing in? They brought in, they brought in in the, in the summer, they brought in Ryan Woods, who is a holding midfielder or a box-to-box oh, I midfielder. I feel really sorry for him. But he's, but he's, he, he in, the, in a diamond, you just have one sitter and you don't, and that sitter isn't allowed to push forward. Mm. And they also, and Woods, is pred, a lot of his play is predicated on passing out wide. You've no width in a diamond, so where does he fit in? But more damningly, you've got McLean and Inst, um, James McLean and Tom Inst, who are wingers. And you've so they've been recruited in the summer, and now you're suddenly, you're now you're thinking, oh, well, this, actually, this system doesn't need wingers. So what ends up happening? We'll come on and talk about it. But Nathan Jones, the manager, tries James McLean in as, as a striker, and he plays Tom Inst in behind a front pair. Now, Inst can play in behind a single striker, but it gets so congested in there when you've got a, there's so much traffic, he needs space in which to operate because a lot of his game is about pace. So, so you're bringing in players, you're changing the system, and this happened to Wigan a few years ago, and they ended up with the dog's dinner of a squad. I have flashing amber lights on Stoke at the moment in the way they're going about things. Um, and already there are grumblings about Jones because he's trying to change to the diamond system mid-season. And it's a system really that needs a needs a, a good pre-season to bed in if you're going to do it properly. And yeah. also playing it at League One Luton is very different to playing it in the championship, I would say, as yeah. well. With, anyway, a, with a club but, with Premier League aspirations, yeah. which have long gone now, but yeah. definitely a team that thinks... Well, that has the stature that thinks it should be up there. Um, yeah. So, so Rower not particularly missed, as you say. It's part of this, yeah. maybe this recent strategy of, of mm. maybe names and managers rather than yeah. what their philosophy is about, yeah. um, which has confused the players. Nathan Jones comes in, yeah. a, a manager that with a really big reputation um, with yeah. Luton, um, I think was on the long list of managers that we considered as well in the summer. Um, yeah. But we both have kind of picked up on this kind of. There's reeks of Hurst with this appointment. And I would hate for Nathan Jones to go down the same route. But it's not mm. started well, has it? He's maybe no. had his Swansea moment when they beat Leeds in January yeah. Yeah. really early. Um, no win in four now. Um, and as you yeah. say, um, square yeah. pegs and round holes. And yeah. a formation that is being maybe applied to players that aren't quite up for it. Yeah. Um, talk to me about Nathan Jones, maybe. Not only no win, not only no winning for Rich, no goal in four. No goal in four, fine. Okay, yeah, yeah, we talked uh, about that at the start, didn't we? And they've yeah. got, I mean, they've got personnel out there that should be scoring goals, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, shall we do the Hurst points? When I was yeah. going through the when I was going through the OK, brilliant, brilliant forum. There were there was a pattern coming out. Um, this might sound familiar. Okay, there are moments of naivety at this level, and his random experiments every week are worrying me. 
He's shoehorning players into his preferred system. I'd prefer he instilled an understanding of how he wants his players to play and not always chop and change. He looked like a rabbit in the headlights ever since the Shrewsbury FA Cup defeat. Um, playing players out of position, we mentioned about McLean being used as a striker, but the, the one that scared me most, he there was a game where he, he criticised players, including both the strikers, Afobe and particularly Barahino, and then late in the game two weeks ago against, or was it, was it, might have been, was it even last weekend against West Brom. West Brom? West Brom game, was it last weekend? They were chasing a goal, they were 1 0 down. He had a full bay on the bench, and instead of bringing a full bay on, he threw on Ryan Shawcross, the centre back, as a late striker option to go up oh, front. Wow. How old is Shawcross now? He's well, he's early 30s. 30s. He's early 30s, centre back, lacking mobility. Obviously, the thinking to put on a bit of physicality against a West Brom defence, you know, which are, you know, as we know, they're all huge units. But just think of how that felt for a Fobe, the striker, and all the fans watching the game. It would have been a big local derby as well. It's a slightly scary parallel in terms of what happened with Bart. And um, it did cause a, a lot of alarm with. Um, with 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 a lot of potters one of them said for example will stroke will jones be under pressure this season it certainly hasn't been a very good start but they think he has been brought in for the long haul so they don't think bringing in a fifth manager in 14 15 months isn't going to happen but there is but the parallels with hurst are there to are just laid out there for everyone to see it's quite scary so uh, ben's um phrase he used on the naked footy show with hurst was that he did a hard reset do you think that it's a case of riding the rest of the season out, Jones getting to know the players, and then it will go again in the summer? I think so. Yeah, I think it's there's a there is a huge rebuild. I think a good few are out of contract. I think they're going to try and get rid of it. Yeah, that the, there is a major rebuild to be done. Yet again, we seem to say this every week. Um, two of the players he has brought in, to be fair, have done really well. He's brought Sam Vokes in the striker, and he's brought Danny Bath in the centre back, and those two have, you could say, well, against just putting the Hurst thing to one side, he's got. He's brought in a couple of players with a bit of proven quality and a bit ability at this level, so he hasn't been naive and underestimating the championship. So, in that sense, there there is there is that positive side. And also, although we're going to talk about the diamond against Wigan during the week, they drew nil all. For the first half hour, Wigan were pouring through them. One of them described them being as they had more holes than a Swiss cheese. They said um, that they they you know there was there was simply no space. Um, uh, there was there was no there was too much space I should say for for um, for the Wigan players to be able to pour through. He did change after about half an hour to a four five one. So instead of having a faux bay up front with Vokes and Ince in behind, he he flicked them out to the wings. So he had a faux bay on the left and Ince on the right, and that seemed to stabilise the thing. But um, okay. so so although we're going to talk about diamonds and it could be, all be a bit narrow on Saturday, there is every possibility that he might decide abandon that and just say we just simply can't do that at the moment and come back to it later in the season or come back to it next summer let's see and the diamond came back for wigan didn't it the nil nil this week yeah um yes yeah let's um let's quickly just go through some of the players where we think there's kind of square pegs and round holes the first one that i've yeah. got written down here um yeah. who played in a midfield three against us in the two nil defeat earlier in the season is sam Klukas, who appears to us oh. the left back situation is a weird one because we I remember us waxing lyrical about Peters who was the left yep. back um, when we played them um, and I think did he get an assist or was he he was definitely part of the build up of at least one of the goals he was um, no, he was yeah, really he experienced did. player really highly rated as well really liked yeah. there he was allowed yeah. to leave 
no replacement comes in. They were linked with no, uh, Knudsen right near the end of the window. Nothing yeah. happens. And you've got Sam Klukas, who I, I think has played for left a left left back for Swansea, maybe, but is more yeah. of a midfielder now. Yeah. That one. Can you talk to us? To, to us about is, that one. Is a left side. Is a left sided midfielder. I mean, first of all, going back to the chaotic transfer strategy. You've got you brought a manager in who's going to play the diamond, and you let your own you let your only major left back go. It's a, and as we said earlier, if you're playing diamonds, the the full back positions you need to actually have them properly nailed down mm-hmm. because otherwise you will be you will be carved open. Lucas, he's a left-sided midfielder, and his his form seems to have disintegrated. He didn't too play too badly against Wigan, but I think that's because he had some protection in front of him. But um, he, he they described him as turning attack into defence. Um, he can't even do the basics. His first touch has been horrendous. His passing is dreadful. He's been very weak. Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy is the word. He makes no attacking runs. Because, again, as a full-back in the diamond, you've got to gauge your position so carefully. Because if you go up the field... Oh, you're, you're so exposed, aren't you? You're, you're so exposed. You're not relying on either your wide midfielder or the holding player to come across because there's nothing else there it's such a i described it as it's a bit like playing with nitroglycerin this system it really is if you get it wrong it it can go it can blow up quite badly i mean one of them the, the brutal most brutal comment was that when somebody said there's dustbin at left back would be no worse than Lucas. they oh, said wow. you know he's really it's really they've really been hammering him but he's a left midfielder playing out of position and on his inside when he plays Bruno Martins Indy sits just inside him and Indy Martins Indy has a habit of switching off in games as well he's Indy plays over Shawcross and Ashley Williams Williams is pretty much out of the picture now one of them compared him to a milk float he's product he's kind of in terms of his pace he seems to have really uh, in, in your mid-30s you can go downhill really quickly and I think Williams this is what's happened with Williams but even but so you either have Shawcross and Bath and um, Klukas as a left back or you have or and, um, and Martin Zindi as a left back I should say or you have Shawcross and Martin Zindi and Klukas as a left back get, mm. get it right and um so, so he doesn't even have a good centre back inside who he can rely on because Martin Zindi, as I say, is regularly accused of he's accused of switching off. And he played at left back, if I'm not mistaken, against Hull um, in their previous game to the West Brom one. Was his club, wasn't it? Was he it was Hull? Old, yeah. It was Hull. Um, this is Martin. No, this is Martin Zindi played oh, at Martin left Zindi, back, and and he struck out a lazy left leg, which gave away a free kick just before half time, which Hull scored from. Mm. So. Either way, if it's Klukas or if it's Marcus, Martin Zindi, I should say, at left back, there is a real vulnerability there because they, you know, it, this is what happens when you sell the only one you've got there. But I do feel for Klukas, his form seems to have really fallen apart. Yeah. The, the only other kind of, we talked about Williams very quickly, and I think that kind of drop off of his form and his, yeah. and his pace was there. He's, I think he still had it going on in his head because yeah. we no. were quite isolated, our strikers against him. But um, yeah. Uh, there's a change of right back. I'm just noticing Martina wasn't Martin. I've got yeah. the other uh, team from the two yeah. goal. Is Tom Edwards now at right back? Is that now a well? Edwards is right change? back. He, he he did. He had to be substituted early, precautionary against Wigan because he picked up. He hurt his elbow. Very good. They like him. You see the contrast when you've got a when you've got a fullback who knows what they're doing in the diamond. It's brilliant. But when you're putting in somebody who's a makeshift, it just amplifies the risk. Um, Edwards is a natural right back. He's a 20 year old youth product. Really good. A very good crosser of the ball. They think he should be taking corners as well. He's a breath of fresh air, but um, 
but he is naive um, and again he's never sure when to get tight or to drop off um, and there is a risk that he's a fa- they say he's a penalty or a foul waiting to happen if he gets isolated he, it's just a 20 year old youth product he's, who's getting there he doesn't always raise his head to look for options and his crossing can be inconsistent he can either put in brilliant or woeful crosses but of course when you don't have any protection in front of you you're trying to work out where you should be mm-hmm. and similarly the player who replaced him on Wednesday who came off the bench was Moritz Bauer who came on who came in last um, January 12 months ago Austrian international and he he flatters to deceive he looks great he gives off the right vibes he's you know he's uh, who was the winger we had who had the really blonde hair who Pringle Pringle there's a touch of Pringle about him that's it he looks he looks very oh Once my god pop, he looks you can't dynamic. Stop. Absolutely, Sorry. he looks. He looks. You know, he looks the business. But he's actually um, one of them described Bauer as a speedboat with no driver, which I thought was quite nice. He's great at bombing down the flanks, but how many goals does he actually create? And his positional play actually is even more suspect than Edwards. I think Edwards is above Bauer for that reason in the pecking order, yeah. and he can get pulled away from his man too easily. So, but they're both. But they are right backs. That's yep. what they do as a job. So there's less of a, an opportunity there, and they will get up and down the field a bit more. But again. If they're playing the diamond, that they can again, you can get in behind them, as it were, particularly with the, with the defence. Yeah. So the, the, the next defense. bit in the squad that I kind of written down here is um, in the two 0 defeat, as I mentioned before, there was a midfield three of um, Alan, Lucas, and Woods. Let's talk yeah. about Woods in this sitting role and Alan yeah. just in front of them, because to me, Woods is a as a really solid championship box to box player, but he wants to move forward with the ball. It to me, it seems like. Joe Allen is yeah. the, is there kind of, right, well, you can bring it to the halfway line. We were talking about this before we started. You bring it up to the halfway line, and I'll take it from here. And that, to me, limits the, the ability of Woods to affect the game. Um, is yeah. that fair enough? Uh, Allen, as well, yeah. just, just to quickly talk about Joe Allen, because obviously he scored yeah. a really excellent goal against us in the 2-0. And I was expecting to be hearing his name every week, but yeah. what's the story there? Is he kind of faded a bit? It's, or it's, 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 it's the old balance thing again. If, you, if you've got a midfield, you're playing a diamond, you've got to try and get the... The roles are incredibly precise, both with and without the ball. People need to know what they're doing. Because if you're in the wider roles, which Allen and Atebo have been, Atebo seems to be getting it more than Allen. Um, but Allen, you know, the, the question is, what is he? They've no idea what type of midfielder Allen is. Um, he has played. Him and Woods have both alternated in the sitting role in the diamond. Okay. The the player who really should be in the sitting role of the diamond and who's injured is Charlie Adam. Okay. Because he can actually he can do that role in his sleep. He can sit. He can break up play. He can just go around sort of sort of you know sort of knocking people knocking bits out of people. Like Glenn but Williams he's, he's, Villa. A Villa exactly that. You some that's what they need, but they don't have that. So therefore they're having to improvise. So for Allen. He lacked the problem with Allen in the sitting role is he lacks discipline chasing the ball and he will go for the you know he will he'll win the ball and then he'll go tearing off after yeah. because that's part of his game he's a bit of a terrier <coughs> he's good at breaking breaking a play but mobility is a is part is a key part of the game Woods has the same problem because really if you're in the sitting role in a diamond you pretty much have to sit partly because there's so much traffic in front of you it's quite a narrow system that there's you really should be sitting and then laying it off and playing it playing it cleverly Alan's problem is more the fact that he he lacks the positional discipline, whereas Woods' problem is that when he wins the ball, he doesn't have the width which he would have had at Brentford to be able to spray the ball wide and also then do what Alan did, which was to break forward. Yes, so, to go and yeah. pick up the ball later on, yeah, yeah. 
Exactly that. And they were saying about Woods, they said he's on tricky ground given the manager's weather to a diamond in the long term. He's likely to receive the ball and keep it moving. But every time he gets to the halfway line, he turns towards his own goal, runs back with the ball and passes it even deeper. There's this thing at the moment where he's playing that kind of game, but, you know, literally the ball is just, he's almost like a wall. The defender gives it to him and he gives it back. He's, he, it's because, partly because he just doesn't have the angles. He doesn't have the players. The midfield movement isn't there because the players are still getting used to it. And there isn't going to be the, the width. Whereas it, you think when he was at Brentford, he had Yosef Zoon hammering down one side. You know, there were wingers and fullbacks marauding up the field. He had loads of angles and options. So it's, it's not a criticism of Wood, but it's a criticism of a team just getting to work with the new way of playing. And he's not going to, I guess people out there will be saying, well, maybe he should be going direct. But he's been brought, he brought through at mm. Brentford where the culture is, Short mm. passing on the ground, very dynamic. You can't yeah. suddenly expect a player like that to get right, well, launch it, because that's not yeah. what he's there to do. And it, it, it yeah. felt like a bit of a desperate signing for, for Stoke. It felt like a this is a marquee kind of championship player who's come through, done yeah. really well for, for Brentford. It would be a real sign of intent, um, but we don't know yeah. where to play him. And I yeah. bet he's gutted that he didn't go to Swansea. It's funny you say that. It's yeah, you've, you've absolutely nailed it, Rich. Because interestingly, there is the thing of signing names, which goes back to the flawed strategy earlier. If we were oh, saying, it's Tom Ince, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah, if, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, as well. but, but but they actually said it about Joe Allen. They quoted that. They said they brought him because they felt, look what we've done. We we can have a Wales international who's brilliant at the Euros kind of thing. He's he's a he's a marquee player. Side from Liverpool Fonte, as well. Liverpool, yeah. exactly. You know, he's a, you know great. But you know, but they but where does he where do, where does he fit in? Yeah. You know, you know they've ended up reducing him to being a player with a good engine. It's funny. It is funny. The other thing, the other thing about this strategy is that as the players lose form and identity, it's absolutely shaving millions off their transfer value. Oh Just yeah, about, yeah, yeah, good, yeah, great yeah. show. Um, yeah. So one player that um, played on um, Tuesday, who wasn't in the team from our two Otavo. Can you tell us a bit about him? I don't know if we spoke too. Tavo's much interesting. Him. He's 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 a player. He's, he's he was a Nigerian international in the World Cup, and um, he's he's athletic. And actually, they feel he gets the he gets the diamond better than the others. He's able to work out the angles. He knows where he needs to be, both with and without the ball. He's primarily a defensive midfielder. That's his instinct. Um, but <laughs> he's uh, I think he's taken him a while to adjust to the the rigors of the championship, if I can put it like that. One of them said he's great at running with the ball in a straight line, but that's it. Um, he's uh, his passing is poor. His touch is heavy. Um, it comes to nothing when he gets the ball. Good intentions, but no end product. Um, but he is one of the midfielders who is able to work the diamond because the trick with it is to find space and to to move the ball with some tempo. You intricately move it up the field, and he's able to. Do, he's he's one of the players who's able to read the system really, really well, and therefore he is able to link play. But they've only seen glimpses of it so far. So again, it could well be that that's the team coming coming together. But he has got a bit of pace. He has he's quite an athletic player. Um, and forward, although he's primarily a sitter, so if they do go to a back three, he would be one of the two sitting. You could probably see him sitting alongside, or the, probably alongside Woods with Allen in front. Um, but uh, yeah, he's. Um, I, I was impressed with him in the World Cup. I have to say, is a back three a possibility? You mentioned it there. Is that? They did play a back three against Leeds. The one win they had, which, oh, yeah. was, which was similar to our Swansea win. Now it was a. But what the reason they did that? It was desperate measure. It was early July. It was just at the time of Spygate with Bielsa, because the Stoke fans were singing, um, "Win when you're spying, you only win when you're spying," which I, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, they, but what they did, they re, they changed to a back three then, because at the time they had Shawcross and Williams and Martin Zindi as the back three. They didn't have Danny Bath, who we haven't mentioned, because and the only way they felt that they could actually play because Shawcross and um, Williams in a back two is 
trouble. So by having them as a three, it meant that they were actually able to get some defensive balance to the team. So um, so uh, that's the only time they've used a back three. They won't use it against us. I think it was a one-off. And it also would have thrown Bielsa if he had been spying. <laughs> that's yes. the other thing. He wasn't expecting that, so which was quite good. Oh, dear. It's like our yeah. 4 4 2, which obviously. Yeah. Um, that, that's what did for Hurst. That's what They knew up. that it was coming. <laughs> poor Hurst. We I could really have played any formation that night, Harry. Oh, dear God, we were there. We were beside, we were standing beside each other watching it. It was grim. They could have. <laughs> it was, but for Hurst to say that, I wanted to give him a hug when I read that. <laughs> poor, poor Paul. Oh, mate. Oh. It, was, it wasn't that, Paul. It wasn't that. It really wasn't. Oh, God. Um, Quick, quick one-liner on Danny Bath, who has come in. Can I mention him? I was going to do the signings, but yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah no, no, is that okay? Because we're as well, we're, we're noodling around the defence. Bath is interesting. He's he's a Shawcross upgrade rather than a partner. He's similar to Shawcross in that he's he's a he's a leader. He'll organise the defence. He doesn't necessarily have a huge amount of pace, but he is more mobile than the other I was two. Say, so he's, is he, he's a bit younger, presumably. Well. Yeah, he's less slow. He's twenty-eight, and he came from Wolves. I remember he played well there. We were Wolves, we were linked with him. We, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Mick would have liked him actually, because the thing about him was that he's 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 not a technical player. He was very much in the Kenny Jacket mould, and he one of them said he likes a hoof. You know, he's not he's not a a footballing defender. If I can, out, like, yeah. yeah, he's not going to bring it out. But he does the basics very well. He doesn't seem to make daft errors. So. I think he's been bought in for next season. You know, if you could if you could say we're hoping to have Judge next year, Bath will definitely be there next year. And a quick one-liner on Butland, he's not all he's made out to be. They were saying that he's regressed into a championship standard keeper. Fine shot stopper, but he's not commanding his area. And that his, he's, they were saying there's so much to complain about at the moment that Butland's appalling displays are going under the radar. He's panicking under simple crosses and he can't stop routine shots or set pieces. The whole goal, the first whole goal that was scored against them, I saw it, was eminently safe there is a bit of a weakness on the left side low shots to the left is a problem with him but um, they were saying that his poor kicking is, his kicking has never been a strength but his command of the area he's no longer you'd be thinking of a top six team with the England connections and all the rest of it they're, they're saying that he is he is regressing he's just to put that matching in matching his circumstances he is matching yeah. is there a possibility because we would know whether Jones is going down the Hurst route if Saturday we see Adam Federici in goal or Who's the oh, other yeah. backup keeper they've got? No, I think it would um, be Federici. It would be Federici. Howgard, I, I think, is the other one. Yeah, Howgard yeah. is the other one. No, I'd reckon it would be Federici. So, Butland's so, dropped. There, there's your... Um, there's your yeah. There should yeah. there needs to be 10 lessons. Lessons of Hurst. <laughs> you draw up the list of them exactly. You just What the amber lights, a series of amber lights, and they just incrementally get redder as you go yes. further the list. The doomsday clock. Um, yeah. So, another... Um, mm-hmm. Just another um, player and his role in this new diamond system that I wanted to pick out was Tom Ince. Who, who yeah. scored in the two 0 um, was I think playing out wide right if my memory serves me. Correct, that's correct. Yes, um, and is now the tip of the diamond. Um, how's indeed. that playing out for him? Well, they've two they've two options at the tip of the diamond. You've got Tim Inter, you've got Boyan, who has come back into the picture okay. now after um, w- under the new manager. And I think my talking to my Stoke friends, um, the. Boyan basically it's almost that like Jones is trying to build the diamond system around Boyan because as a playmaker in behind a front, a front two he's perfect however Ince is the alternative and Ince I think started in there against Wigan the other night um, 
I always this always makes me nervous to say because we've talked about this with um, Joao the other week and of Ferguson. He's the Does only he worry, player. Harry? Yeah, this here we go. Here's the amber light. I'm sorry, it worries me. I've written that in brackets. Actually, he's the one player we have with pace. Oh, mm. I hate saying that because that seems to be what does us every time. But he'll, but he'll they, be up against Chalaba. He will really be really refreshed yeah, Chalaba, you know. Exactly. So we, we could we might be able to just put him put him in his cage. Um, in the problem with it is one of them said Tom Ince plays for Tom Ince FC. Yes. I think that's always been the case, isn't it, as well? Yeah. yeah. Um, it would help if, someone told him to, if it would help if someone told him to play in a diamond and not just play for himself. And, and the other huge criticism is the defensive work rate. And particularly in the diamond is, I suppose you could say as a playmaker, you've got a little bit more permission. But if you're trying to press and chase because it's a high-tempo system, you need all the three up front to be closing down and pressing defenders for the ball, turn over the ball in the final third of the yeah. field. It doesn't happen. The word anonymous goes missing. And then when he does have to track back when he's playing out wide, he, he, he kind of goes through the illusion. Several of them said this. He goes through the illusion of tracking back so he'll run, but he will not put his, pro- he won't yeah. put his spot the line he'll be nearby he'll be yeah. watching on and he'll make it look as if he's trying but yeah. he won't risk he won't risk injuring himself is the is the criticism they come out with he, he uh, kind of feels like a, a less functional yeah. tom lawrence which you can basically see why derby sold him because mm-hmm. you don't need two of those players do you, you can only carry one kind of yeah um, fair weather f- footballer but i wonder yeah. whether he's one of these and i and i kind of maybe endorsing your amber light here whether he's one of those players that, that can turn it on against the the lesser teams yep. because yep. he get, maybe gets more time and space or I don't know maybe mm-hmm. he thinks I've got a well, chance here in the in the December game I was, we were watching it and I was just thinking Inces, it was, I shouldn't have thought this I shouldn't have thought this at around 35 minutes or whatever it was I was thinking Ince has been quiet this is really good we've kept him quiet and then bang you know he suddenly wakes up and then we're in trouble um, yeah he is that type of player who will suddenly come alive and so you cannot you cannot drop your guard against him for that because for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, the one they really want to see in there, though, is Bojan. And the, the issue with him, if he does play, is that the expectations on Bojan must be curtailed by his lack of game time. Yeah. Because he's, he's trying to build fitness. He's, uh, but I think long-term, again, if you've got Danny Bath at the back and if they keep Bojan in the summer, I mean, his pedigree, Roman Barcelona, you know, he's he's phenomenal. They, they think he will start at the tip of the diamond as soon as, Joan de- as Jones deems him ready. Great pass spotter. He's a perfect playmaker for that system. You know, he can look at the clever runs. He can see the space coming, etc. But um, doing it mid-season in the in the you know in the cold January February foot slug of a championship yeah. season you know it's a it's a lot to ask straight away can they do but it they a think, cold weekend yeah. weekend yeah, I stroke exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh dear they think at the moment because the thing is also nascent they're saying he gets the ball in the final third but there's no movement for him one of them said you could actually have Xavi pulling the strings in this team with no success they're still learning the system you know they still haven't cracked it yet but um but they think he, they're more positive when he plays because he's intelligent enough to see the to either see clever runs or even to make runs himself because because we'll come on and talk about Volks in a minute and um, we look at the strikers. But um, yeah, so that's, Bo- as I say, either it'll be, Vo- if they play the diamond, it'll be Bojan or it'll be Ince sitting in behind. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I was going to mm. go straight to the strikers, actually. Yeah. Um, so let's yeah. do that now because two physical um, strikers good in the air, I would suggest, particularly Volks. Yeah. And yeah. the goals have dried up and this system, it doesn't surprise me because these are two strikers, a phobia more than, more than Volks, I suspect who wouldn't mind the ball played through to him. But these are yeah. players that will be demanding crosses, won't they? And oh, the, it, it's reliant on the fullbacks to get to bomb on. Yeah. 
It's, to it's, deliver it's, well, it's, and in the in the circumstances when they don't have a left back, it's relying on a fullback to bomb on on the right side because yeah. there's been very little. I mean, Martin Zindi, if he plays out there, he's a defender. He's not. Yeah, he's so, not going, you always yeah. see it. It's like I always go back to Chambers, brilliant covering at right back, but primarily your inclination is where you play. And if you're a centre-back out there, you're not going to see centre-backs marauding. They just don't do it. And Joe uh, Allen isn't going to drift out wide yeah, and yeah, you know, thread across yeah, him. Well, maybe he is. Yeah, but... yeah. So is, is that Vol- fair, is it? Yeah, no, it's a fair comment. It is. Vokes, again, is being brought in for that. He is a focal point. And, you know, particularly in the championship where you're going up against, you're butting up against units. James you need, Collins, you need, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, need, you need a unit to go on your side. Um, the problem, though, with Vokes, they, li- they like him. They didn't. One of the first quotes I saw was, "I didn't realise what a unit Sam Vokes is." You know, he is a you know, he's the ultimate unit. Um, the problem, though, is he wins lots of headers when they do when they do, even if they're not wide crosses, even if they come if angled crosses from midfield. Um, the second balls he's generating aren't being picked up. He needs help up front. He needs a striker who's on his wavelength. Um, and one of the masks you said because I said they haven't scored pretty much, if I'm not mistaken, since he's arrived. He's played, what, he's played do-do-do, he has played, um, Vokes has played three games, so he's played whole West Brom and Wigan, and he hasn't oh, scored. Wow. Yeah, no, well, the team, so the, the, well, the team haven't scored since he went in, yeah. but they've said he's hardly had a decent scoring opportunity since arriving. They don't think he's a prolific scorer himself. He will no. get a few. He's never has but, been, though, has he? No, but he's the idea, he's, he's an enabler for the others, so either his partner or whoever's breaking through from midfield to actually, you know, to as I say, someone like Bojan making the clever runs. Um, so plan B, as I say, is a phobia. But the problem with the phobia is that his, he, he's, he's struggling. It's a question of form with him. He needs to be playing in a, um, a system where, again, he gets plenty of service and support. So in, ideally, they think the diamond is set up for him um, because, you know, playing with a, with a strike partner, he could never play on his own. Um, and they think it might be a question of time. Maybe he'll thrive having a proper target man. But his touch has been poor. One of them described him even playing hospital passes to himself. He plays a ball and then he tries to recover it. And then yeah. he realizes, you know, he goes crunching into a defender. Um, it's He seems to, it's, I think he's lost, it's, it's a form and confidence question. So much so that in a slightly Hurst-esque move, they moved uh, Jones decided to try James McLean as a striker and we have to mention this oh, I don't it wow. won't ha- I'd be stunned it, it was abandoned very quickly that certainly against Wigan they didn't do it he did it for a couple of weeks um playing McLean up front is hopefully an experiment which went wrong and won't be repeated the problem with when you play McLean up front is he's technically not very good his ball control isn't great he's a winger who drills crosses in um, he's good when the game becomes stretched but he is incredibly left-footed so it's fine if you're a winger and you're left-footed. You can you can try and show him inside, but generally, you know, he's quite athletic and he will run. But you need two good feet as a striker. So as a centre-back, all you need to do is show him onto his right foot. Yeah. And, and you've got him. And so therefore, you know, part of the reason why, again, the goals haven't been coming, things breaking down when he's on the ball. He's good in terms of making runs and physicality. And he's also, unlike others, and they would put probably a Fobe and Berahino into that group, um, he's willing He's, he will work hard. So he is, in that sense, he's wholehearted, but just a bit limited. Whereas Afobe is probably more talented, but struggling for form. And Berahino... Yes, brief, I was gonna, yeah, he played, I, didn't he? I think they've written him off it's the fans have now. They're past the point of thinking he can become good. I think the hope he had was that Raoult was trying to rebuild him. But the sense is that... You know, what am I saying? He may well come back on again. But the sense is that he's he's very much out of the picture now. He's not trusted. 
Um, they said uh, he seems to be getting a, a, he seems to be getting a truce offered by some because he looks lively and will run around. There was an issue which came up, which was reported on the oat cake, and it came up, I think, in the local media as well, that he was quite happy to take a fine for coming late down for breakfast or for a meal. Right. Okay. That's not that you know just the mentality. You have a lower, yeah, yes, bigger than the club or the yeah, rules don't apply club, to me. Exactly that. You know, you just cannot do that as a player. One of them said that uh, some strikers are great at living, are arriving late in the box. Berahino just arrives late, which <laughs> yes. is you know yeah. really quite Takes damning. Takes his and doesn't yeah. care. Yeah. yeah, he's slightly less poor than last season, but that bar was set so low that it's hardly praiseworthy. So I reckon it'll be folks and a phobe up front. I would have thought because there's um, scant yeah. options otherwise, is there? There's scant options otherwise at the moment. Certainly it'll be folks and one of one of the others. So I I don't think it'll be McLean. So that's where they are. As I say, less than the sum of their individual parts, but very much, you know, very much a, a, a very much a world a work in progress. And I won't use Ben's W word, which ends Abble, but um, uh, we're not allowed to use that. It's banned on the on the, on the Blue Monday podcast. It is but, if you put uh, a hashtag in front of it. That's how I get it, away oh, with it. Oh, that's clever. So therefore, it doesn't become that. But it like is hashtag um, commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a game. Let's just say it's a game that's not losable. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that. That. yeah, do it that way. Anyway, stuff. We have go. we missed anything yeah. that you wanted to cover there on Stoke? I think we've done really well there, actually. I think we've covered it all. No, I think we've talked about Jones and Hurst. We've talked about how dangerous the diamond system is and the fact that their transfer strategy, it's all it's 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 all kind of out, out of sequence. I mean, the other team who did very briefly, Fulham, when they got got relegated and Magath came in and then he was replaced by Kit Simons, they also used the diamond. And I remember this. I looked up my notes on this from 2015, whenever it was, and they said it was – they compared – the Fulham team they described it was a bit like the trooping of the colour marching right, up the field into a defence and the way the Stoke players are describing their system as well it's the same thing it's just this very prosaic way of operating but while the players just don't know the angles they don't know what's happening and the other comment as I say the other danger is with it the lack of confidence that breeds and as one of them said if one piece of the jigsaw falls apart our lack of pace and physicality at the back are exposed and then it's Russian roulette time so they can get picked off as well so um you know, this, I don't want to be too optimistic because we every week I wrote this down as well. So that every week we we say that there's a weakness to exploit. We never seem to be able to exploit it, but at least we can point them out. I think there are actually, you know, as we're getting better and as we are growing a little bit more, you know, that we can get after this lot. I really think we can. There's not mm. much we can do about Ipswich's yeah. quality or application, but I think every mm. week, and th- and this is. Um, totally down to you Harry we always find something that you see in the game so Norwich we definitely discussed between us that our best bet was to attack them up the pitch didn't we and second half particularly we absolutely did that now if we had if we had Pookie or Pookie in the team we could have maybe converted some of those chances so all we're here to do is is highlight where we think the the opposition's good where there are weaknesses it's up to Mr Lambert to make it happen isn't it but you've done the due diligence yeah. Should we do some questions? Yep, go for it. Um, I've had a quick nose through these. Let's see um, how many we can get through. Um, and let's see if we can get some themes as well. Um, Seabass Speak, I'm going to call it. Um, do you think a relegation can be a good thing? Maybe the McCarthy era made um, people want a reset and thought a trip to League One may give us back a winning mentality. With Lambert in charge, I think that mentality will happen. It's just about the TV money drop. Um, something like seven million to seven hundred k. Any thoughts? I mean, we've we've been skirting around the topic of relegation for some time, and I suspect we'll probably 
we'll be mentioning it in passing for the rest of the next few weeks and when it happens I think we'll probably drill into more about what it means but any thoughts on on maybe whether the McCarthy era has made people accept relegation just for this this idea of a reset and that League One might be blessed relief after a few years of toil in the championship it's fair to say away days are great but there's nothing quite like home comforts the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home advantage with Mook delivery you win Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, it's um, it's a good question. It's a very good question. It's um, I don't know. It's the, I think keeping Lambert to me was always more important than whether or not we stay up because yeah. if you take a three to five year view i think in that sense we can we can come back again the problem with the mccarthy mix era was that we were kind of it was like a half-life you know we'd uh, we were living we were surviving but exactly. we were surviving we were it's we were surviving on grow exactly yeah. and it was you're thinking yes you can stay in the league you can play Derby and Forest and all these other teams every season, but um, but you're going to have to, you know, it was a Billy, Billy Grant from the Brentford, um, the the Be Sotted website once said Ipswich are a hard nut to crack under McCarthy, and that probably defined us for about five years, you know, and that's not much, you know, let's go out and see if anyone can crack us or not every week. So it's a good question. I think I think the reset in a way relegation to me is sub subordinate to Lambert being given the time. To put, we're, we can see the fruits of it starting to come through to start to put his model of football in place, and hopefully we can mitigate the impact of the loss of, of loss of revenue. That's my yeah. that's my sixth word. I don't really agree. There's some stuff about evidence yeah. there in terms of getting the, the stadium full. Do you know, I, yeah. the revenue loss to me is, I guess Evans might may not agree, but I'd rather we figure our way to get Portman Road full and an atmosphere yeah. in the ground than yeah. maybe make up for short calls in revenue, particularly if the intent is to bounce back. Um, yeah. But it's maybe a bit of a, a financial well, well, risk. You're, you're spot on. That's what Huddersfield did. Huddersfield, in the season they got promoted out of the championship, they dropped the, a bit like Bradford, they dropped the 
the season tickets to a very low price. They said, well, the revenue, the, the gate money is sub- subordinate to the opportunity. I think that was under Weber. I don't, they don't need to do it at Norwich because they fill the ground every week anyway. So Weber doesn't need to do it there. But it was a definite part of the Huddersfield strategy. Let's get the ground rocking. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and one other thought as well, which which mm. is a little bit controversial, but um, I've always thought that um, McCarthy did a, a a good job we can't there's, there's no getting away from that point but it mm-hmm. but him being the, the the kind of be all and end all behind the scenes um, meant that Evans was probably not aware of the extent of how poor McCarthy was to everything yeah. until you take him away and realise there is literally no foundations at all to how we operate yeah. the academy is kind of its own thing over there there's no kind of you know there's a bit of a link through Klug and, and Leo Neal was around obviously but now yeah. I think removing the big kind of monolith that was McCarthy was all you know the big thing for us actually yeah. means that we've maybe put in more stable foundations behind the scenes that mean that the manager maybe isn't as important I yeah. we talked about that before but yeah would you agree with that I'd agree with that I think to be fair I, I did analyze it once and I when you looked at the number of youth players coming through per team and Mick was no better or no worse than the others because he did progress players through the I think he was system. underrated so, in, that, in that respect yeah. but there, there, did, there appears yeah. to be a strategy for, for moving players in it was kind of yeah. he was alright in training well We'll stick yeah. him on the bench then. We'll stick him and see what he looks like. I mean, there've been exactly that, but it was always a, it, you know, he Mick was cautious. He was risk averse, and that 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 was influenced all his decisions. I think on that, one thing that did occur to me, I always go back to that three-one defeat we had at Fulham in the sunshine when the fans were digging Mick and um, digging Evans out in the Brentford. same game. Brent, no, no, no. It was, a, it was a Fulham game a couple of years ago in the sunshine. It was a late game. It was around Easter. Um, we oh, lost three one. Yeah, I know. I'm not, no, it was a season. I'm not even sure that no, they were lost in the playoffs that year. Christoph Berra got a late consolation goal for us. Was it three one? I thought it was. Four, it was three one. Maybe four. It might have been four one. They been absolutely four. destroyed us. Actually, they destroyed us anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was when the you know Jukanovic was running Sorry, riot. Yeah, yeah. Great fun. But the thing, the the point of the that game was the the way Mick was getting hammered as well as Evans, and I always wonder if Evans hid behind Mick. Yeah, it's a criticism I have of Evans that he never protected Mick whereas going back to it's an old parallel but when fans were digging up Bobby Robson way back in the early 70s just after he arrived it was a famous United game I think we were beaten and the fans were giving giving Bobby um, some jip and Mick or and um Mr. John stepped in and yes. apologised to Bobby yeah. and, and he showed some proper leadership at the time and I, I felt listening to the way Mick was getting hammered I felt whatever else about Mick okay the football might have been Britannical. But, you know, where was the leadership coming from within the club? Ian Mill was stepping up, bless him, and saying all the right things as much as he could. But it really needed to come from the owner. But that's that's going off on a tangent, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. Um, this is the question I alluded to at the start um, yeah. from Super Friends. Um, the latter part of the question, but I'll read the whole thing. Um, given the performances versus Derby and Budgies, um, mm. A, should we take inspiration from the Budgies' turnaround this season, and B, are we better suited to playing better teams? And what chance, this is kind of the third part that I was leading to, what chance that our defeat to the, to Norwich will set them off on a bit of a slump? Because I think we maybe shocked them a little bit and I think we mm. got up and at them on Sunday. Yeah. And that maybe, maybe they haven't had that or maybe they weren't expecting that. Yeah. So any thoughts on um, taking inspiration from that, from the Norwich defeat and moving that forward and, and maybe we're, better suited to play teams up the top half of the table now with this Lambert approach? Two things on that. One, we did tend to, we have generally got a, our better results against the 
lower teams. I mean, our wins were over Rotherham and Wigan, who are not, you know, who are who are struggling teams. I think teams are, could you could easily underestimate us in the coming weeks, though. Mm. That's the one huge thing I would say. There's, you know, there's those some the more knowledgeable fans who are watching us before the games are picking up on the fact that we're actually getting better than we were. But I also think this might be wishful thinking. I think we because this is such a streetwise league. I think on the Norwich front, I think other teams will have seen what we did. Yes, and probably, probably Alex Neil did, and others will and say actually they can be got at, and this is how you do it: you yes. fight fire with fire, you take the game to them, you don't let them get into any sort of a pattern, and you you shut down their two holding midfielders, don't let them get the ball out that way. So therefore, you can actually you can compress them. Yeah, it was no surprise that we were going after Vrancic, was there on Saturday? No, no, oh no question, that was the idea. That and the, the, the one player that was was doing that most of all was um, was Scoose. He was missing yeah. last night through a virus, I think. Um, Craig, um, Fim75, um, appreciate the dirty work that Scoose does, or, or did when he was fully fit, um, but are the younger midfielders better suited to the playing playing that pivotal role, receiving the ball in tight spaces and progressively passing slash carrying the ball up the pitch? Downs the natural successor question mark. I guess there's always questions about right. Scoose because yeah, it always right. seems to coincide with a, a decent mm. result, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Any thoughts on, on thoughts there about... Um, whether the younger players are better suited to, for that role? It's a brilliant question. It's a really, really brilliant question. I, I, I don't know the answer. Is the honest. I've, I've thought about. It. I saw the question earlier today, and I've been, I've been turning it over because. I'm not sure it's Downs. <clears throat> no. Um, I still think that Downs is a little bit too raw, and mentally, I don't think he's he's quite there. Um, yeah. Nolan, I wonder whether Nolan can do that role because I think what last night showed me as well is you don't necessarily need a defensive midfielder in there as such because Goose isn't yeah. that Chalaber isn't that but Chalaber, Chalaber sat but he also yeah. moved around and, and was more active with the ball Yeah, I wonder whether the, maybe the that strictly defensive midfielder model is now a bit out of date that's a good. You could, you could be right. I mean, Skews always has said his, in, his, instinct, his instinct and his gift is to spot danger five seconds before anyone else. And you could see, therefore, why Mick absolutely adored him because, you know, again, mitigating risk is what he does brilliantly. Um, I honestly don't... It's a question of balance always with midfield. I guess it's a question of who you're playing and the nature of the threat that you're up against through the centre. Some games you might need to have an out-and-out sitter in there like Skews who will actually go around a Praetorian guard in front of the back pair and, you know, who will... Yeah, if you're up against it, maybe, yeah. ...guard the defence. And particularly, I felt, you know, if you've got a if you've got a flaky... If, you know, if, if you're missing both Collins and... Chambers at the back, and you've got a very inexperienced centre back pair. You know that's where you know, I always feel within Siala. I always like to see a because he can switch off having somebody there just to, you know, just just to protect him. So mm. in, so you're looking at the balance that way. But for years I've always believed excuse has to be in there. But having seen what Chalaba did the other night, I found myself going, "Whoa, hang on!" Mm. For the dynamic type of football we're playing, it may not just be excuse and another. It might be. You know, we might be looking at alternatives. It was a, it was a bit of a light bulb moment. I have to say, I don't know the answer, but um, it's certainly, if not Skews, somebody of Chalaba's caliber to do that would be good. Yeah, Chalaba's caliber. Yeah, great, um, great, great question. Yeah, great thanks, question. Craig. Um, Tim Pashley, um, will Lambert in the stand be a big miss? Presumably for his touchline antics, or he's a motivator, isn't he? Yes. He um... <laughs> Just to have a screen in the dressing room for the home games, <laughs> just a, a screen with Paul Lambert there, you know, just you know, just have him outside, you know, with a microphone or something. I don't know. He's um, I would I would have thought not in terms of the 
the way the information could, could could be communicated down. It's not ideal though because he is more of a motivator. But I, I've I've never sure that's a huge percentage of 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 it. And I did love the way he went into the dressing room anyways. Yes. Just, just, just stick two fingers up at the authorities, you know, to hell with the world. I'm going in. Don't stop me. Um but uh, I I think you know he's got all week to motivate them. So hopefully yeah. it's just a question of the small tactical detail. And to be fair, you could argue and we've heard this before from previous clubs that Lambert, even the Norwich fans have said that, that Lambert wasn't always a subtle tactician. He was the one who could actually get them fired up and get them running through brick walls. So in terms of the kind of the gritty tactical analysis, Lambert in conversation with whoever's doing it, maybe a halftime tactical brief is maybe what they might need more than just somebody going in and just saying, you know, once more onto the breach. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good I, question. I, I think yeah. you spotted this one earlier. So um, it's our mate Mullet. Um, this is an interesting one. He's, this is one, I don't He asked this quite a lot. I said he might suggest Lambert is simply Mick without the wins. Are the differences with 2012 just down to the success on the pitch rather than off it? Um, I tried to drill into this one and whether a cynic was him. I suspect no. he, I think he's a bit dubious about Lampard. I think probably he was expecting a little bit more from Lambert in terms of results maybe at this stage. And I think a few people are, but I might be wrong. Apologies, Molly, if I've, I've misquoted you there. There are no absolute parallels here, and there, there are two things you've got to factor in. One, Lambert didn't have a loan window, so he actually wasn't able to do anything for about eight weeks. That was, was going back to, I remember Dave saying it on one of the preview shows, you know, we're talking about it in November, you know, that this was a this was an issue. Could we get to Christmas and be vaguely in touch? Was that's the first point you've got to make. And I also think, and I will keep saying this every week, I think Hurst did a more effective job at wrecking the team than Jewel. Hmm. And I think Lambert has been handed a much worse situation to deal with. He he destroyed the team on every level. I always bang on about balance. It's more the mental and, stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's everything. It's the mental. It's the tactical balance. Losing our strikers, not replacing Carter Vickers and and Webster, and then and then with what you were left with, bringing in inadequate too many inadequate players and just too many in quantity as well, and then destroying the confidence of the ones that you were left with, both the senior players and the ones who were then who you were trying to build up. You know, he uh, you know he couldn't have done a better job. I really. I calumny on Hurst for what he did to the club. It was quite remarkable. So in that sense, I would, if you'd handed Lambert mixed set of circumstances, the thing I always remember with Mick, the lack of balance was, for example, there was a lack of midfield and the defensive, the milky defending Mick used to talk about. I think Hurst, I think Lambert could have actually done a similar job to Mick at fixing that with a loan window as well. He'd have probably gone about it a different way. We'd have been more on the front foot. But I think... Um, God knows, if you were to put Mick into Lambert's shoes now, he probably wouldn't have taken the job, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you could argue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, again, another good question. But um, I think the parallels <clears> aren't... I, I, the fundamental thing, I think, Lambert was handed a bigger crock than Mick was handed. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Um, Amy Downs, our friend Amy. Um, if James and Collins are fit, who do you play in defence? Um, Given that neither of them played on uh, Wednesday, I think is the inference there. Collins over Chambers. I, I fear for Collins, Collins that he might end up being a bit like Ibrahim Sonko when he played for us. An absolutely brilliant defender, but just very prone to soft tissue injuries late, late, late in his career. But brilliant when he's available. Um, I would, I, as a pure defender, I would prefer Collins. 
um, alongside someone like Pennington. I think as a unit they'd be fine. Um, but then again, you've got Chambers' leadership skills. So I think it's a hard, it's a it's a balancing act. I think if you had Collins with Chambers' leadership skills, but but Collins leads by example as well. So, but that's you know a hard call. But Collins over Chambers for me if you're going to put one of them in. Yeah. Um, Thor- Thor Nudson at centre back as well. I did wonder about that, you know. He's he did well, and he is he. I go the famous game against Aston Villa, the one nil win we had a few years ago, where Nudson played left centre back, and that is his to me his perfect role. I, we don't know what happened with Stoke, if anything did or if it didn't, but he would be one of my first names on the team sheet on Saturday, if only to prove a point. Okay. Just a thought, and yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. something. It's just I, we don't know what went on. We've no clue, but that's one thing I would say. If they did screw up over, not you know the fact that not Nudson is their left back at Stoke, you know that you know that, that, that that's an interesting one. But um, no, I, I'm comfortable with Nudson as a centre back, as comfortable as I am with him as a left back. And if things hadn't gone so unravelled so badly this year, I always felt that Nudson could have in a slightly mickish way been Chambers' successor in the team because of the leadership and the you know the the kind of the slightly headbanging nature that he has. Wow. You know, he's an absolute firebrand. But that that's um not again not 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 necessarily technically brilliant with the ball, but that same warrior kind of thing. I don't know if yeah. we need to agree with that or not. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. sorry, I, I'm I'm asking okay. questions now. Apologies for this. Yeah. Um, everyone who's tweeted in. Um do you think Collins is centre back on Saturday would have made a difference? Uh Sunday against Norwich. I think oh, yeah. Dave made this made the point on the on the flagship show. Yeah. Yeah, it would have no question. He'd have stabilised them. There would have been there would have been a greater sense of calm. I think it would have helped against Derby as well. I think just it's we're so cold in those early minutes. I am that you know someone like Collins in there. He can read the danger. He can see it. It's familiarity almost. I'd say more than anything else. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Harvey Davies, uh, out of which former ITFC managers would be the best Valentine's date? Given it's Valentine's <laughs> Day, who's going to buy the best presents? That's got to be it. Or who's going to take you to the nicest restaurant? Who's got a wine cellar? Maybe it's mm. Mr. Cobbold. Maybe it's Mr. John. Mr. John. Oh, Mr. John would be great, though. You wouldn't get home. You'd be it. absolutely be, sozzled. It'd be brilliant. You'd be, yeah, you would. You, yeah. His famous quote, which he, it's in his book, he says, um, when he went, and the Aberdeen, apparently, when they, we played Aberdeen, was it in the, I think it was the year after we won the UEFA Cup, the first round, um, and they knocked us out. And, he sent them, he said he wrote it with a piece of guff and they framed it in the boardroom because what he wrote was, what little I can remember I will never forget, which is a great, <laughs> Mr. It's a great Mr. John one-liner, but uh, no, Mr. John for a Valentine's night would be hilarious, it would be, it would be, you know, you, 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 you wouldn't get to, you know, you'd be up, you'd be up all night, it would be quite memorable, but um, in terms of, um, I don't know, Burley's quite a smooth character, I would have thought he, you know, Valentino, wasn't he called Valentino? Yeah, he, he, Valentino, yeah, I could see him being very, <laughs> you know, very suave, and he'd, you know, he'd put on a, you know, he'd, you know, he'd be very attentive. He'd be very attentive. Yeah. <laughs> Someone suggested yeah. Paul Jewell, but I think that's a different type of evening. <laughs> no, it might involve a the... <laughs> dark car park or something. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. No, 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 no. Let's not go there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Barry <laughs> Mann. I'm moving on quickly, Harry. I'm moving on. I regret saying it straight away. Um, I thought um, Barry Mann says I thought we played very well last night against Derby do you think this could be the new formation we play for the rest of the season I think we do um, yeah yeah. more his thought about Edwards who who kind of disappeared it's, it appears that Edwards maybe has had an injury and it's coming back but I, I don't think there's in a diamond if we're sticking with this diamond I don't think there's a place for Edwards in the team really is there no there isn't not really no if if we are playing or if it's the 4-3-1-2 which is a similar thing it's not generally 
you're looking for the midfielders or one of the strikers. If you're not, if it's not the defender overlapping, it'll be one of the wide midfielders or it'll be one of the strikers pulling out to allow space for the others to come forward. So I don't, I don't know. I still think Edwards defensively did himself no favours mm. against Bristol City. I keep going back to that game, the the the, the way he left. I know we poor old Spence. He seems history now. Poor old Jordan Spence, but he was quite unprotected at the time and I, I just go back I, to Accrington as well where it, it felt like yeah. he didn't even turn up to the match you know yeah yeah it's um so I think wing, we, yeah it'll be difficult wing, for him. wingers wingers eh? mm. yeah um mm. quick one from Paul English um is Colin Quiner yeah. the only footballer ever who gets short when he jumps <laughs> we said he wouldn't be good in the air you said he wouldn't be good in the air yeah or no, he's, he's not as good in the air as you think no, he's not. He looks as if he should be, but it's the tortoise thing, isn't it? We said it, Huddersfield fans said it. It's, it's one of those strange things, but um, and op- opponents will know this anyway, you know, that he's, uh, it's just some people just, you know, you know, who is it? Was it Tim Cahill was brilliant, at, even though he was quite small. He just had a natural ability in the air. And Joey, Joey Garner, again, isn't the tallest player in the world for us. And he was always the one you targeted for goal kicks. Mick used to do it every you know metronomically everybody in a little postage stamp from the goal kick and joey joey ready for the knock on john walters as um, well walters as well exactly yeah, yeah. it's a it's a funny one i still think he's a if we are it's interesting because he if we're playing narrow and Quanner's in there he's technically not a winger but he is a player who could pull wide and then swing the ball in i, I don't know but, but but we'll see what lambert sees in him but i i just don't see him as a i don't see him as a target man that way but um anyway two more because i think we're yeah. almost at a whole set i think i've missed a couple because we've we've talked about it or because maybe they're a bit expensive mm. for uh for today um a combination of a question from um, Seb, my mate Seb, um, and Tim Donovan, who both ask, um, assuming we, we stick with the diamond formation, um, both of them are suggesting when is the time where the lone E players are bombed out of the team and replaced? So Seb cites Kwana, um and Keane in terms of Harrison or Jackson. Um, he also asks whether we think Keane would be a good signing in the summer. I think he would. Um, yeah. And Tim asks yeah. about Chalibur. Um, and bringing in one of our young players for Chalibur. Any any thoughts on more of this approach about if the formation Good appears question, to lock yeah. in and work? Yeah. At, at what point is it loanies over our own players, or is it or is it not? Well, assuming assuming we if we're assuming the worst here, I presume. Um, so there's nothing to play for, in which case then you 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 have, you're into kind of a slightly weird pre-season. Well, that might be a criteria you know, for Harry. That if, yeah, if you're saying we, yeah. when the when relegation is certain, yeah, then, um, then that might be the time to do it. But but equally, it's not good for the players who you are thinking about next year by chopping and changing up against streetwise championship teams and getting battered. You've you've got to have, you've got you can't just think oh well, they're not going to be with us next year. I think all things being equal, Lambert would prefer to play the players who he's kind of looking to. For looking to for August, as it were, but I don't think you can be wedded to that because there's no point in putting them all out there and then they just get murdered. Mm-hmm. You've got to, you've 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 got got to balance. It's such a dangerous league that way. It could, you know, it that could go badly wrong. So to, in terms of Harrison, no Harrison, obviously. Well, Harrison's the one. Isn't it? No, that's not too. No, no less less up front. I would say absolutely. Um, and that's a yeah. With Harrison, I would put him in, okay. um, it, where possible, because I think we're all on the same mind at that. That what we have seen, we like. Um, and we'd, what, can we see a little bit more, please? Yeah, yeah. And let's aim with a positive. Um, James Golk, another West Midlander, Warwickshire even actually. Um, could this be one of the most positive? Um, in inverse covers relegation in our history. I think he means not in history, and well, maybe he does mean in 
the entirety of football history. This season has been a near disaster on the pitch, results-wise, but off it, the whole club hasn't been this positive and together since the Big Fat Joe era, circa 2005. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts on that, Harry? I think that I think there's a lot in that. It's a, it's a, it's a weird season. I mean, it has been grim. You know, week in week out, walking home after another defeat, you're thinking, oh god, you know, and and the two nilery of it all. Every week, it's a, yeah. another two nil kind of thing. It's it's quite. It is quite. It does leave you quite flat. I think just if we are seeing these green shoots appearing and we are seeing an identity taking shape, I think that will trump the fact. I think our expectations of relegation have all now been. We've we've all sort of price that into the season we're in um, acceptance mode aren't we as I yeah we are I think so now and I mean the, the thing that killed me actually was Reading's winner against Blackburn yeah, Reading, cool. Reading, Reading, Reading I think Reading it's always once one team not big enough which is Rotherham and then two others which have had other problems which is Austin Bolton I would say to go down but um, if it is that it, it feels that way anyway but at the moment um, but um, yeah it, it's a good question I think we could come out of it with if we have that a vision for what the future will hold we can then take the summer and then hit january or and hit august i should say in you know with a bit of momentum which would be fantastic yep, yeah absolutely mm. and and in that frame of mind no no reason to fear league one either no um, no I, I went i saw oxford sunderland we talked about last week yes indeed sunderland yeah. were fourth and didn't really show up and oxford were okay um yeah they were dominated the game actually but um again no reason to to fear either of those two teams may you know the way that we were playing at the moment personnel wise yeah. there might be differences but um hopefully yeah. we can enjoy league one if it if it does happen um yeah. brilliant stuff thank you everyone for your questions sorry for those that we didn't get the chance to to read out um mm. a, a few um plugs to finish off with um this is um this is an easter egg for those of you who have made it the loyal um frequent flyers on the preview show who have made it all this way to the end um blue monday live is this saturday at the curve bar um there is the possibility of extra tickets if people have not been fortunate enough to get one. Um, ben has had some returns. Um, if you tweet us at, at Blue Monday ITFC, um, give Ben a shout. He'll give you the details. Um, it will be kind of first come, first served. And I'm not pretending that there are hundreds of tickets available. There's, there's a handful. I don't know, something like that maybe. Um, yeah. So if you're keen, if you've not got a chance, um, tweet us ASAP and give Ben a shout and hopefully we can sort you out. But as I say, no promises there. And we'll be both there, won't we? We'll be, there's no combined 11 this week. And I haven't no, mentioned my shirts no. either. Yeah. My sh- my, I need to yes. point out my yes. one shirt, sorry. Mm. I've finally got myself the nine. It's the 89 to 92 yeah. promotion winning shirts um, in lovely pristine condition smells of bold two and one now um, <laughs> but we uh, we had an unbeaten two match run against stoke in that in the 89 90 yeah. season so that's yeah. tenuous but yeah we'll be there on on saturday looking forward to harry we'll be doing um a bit of a mini wigan preview and then yeah. daryl's combined team for derby because yeah. we did stoke a few weeks back yeah. do we need to do a shout out for twitter on that to let people know yeah great shout so i think i'm going to do those as twitter polls um, yeah. we'll get that closing probably last thing on Friday night maybe first thing Saturday morning so I can write that all up yeah. um, and then we'll um, share that with everyone um, on Saturday night mm. but looking forward to it can't wait really look it should be a really good laugh really it should be a really enjoyable evening irrespective of the result and hopefully we'll see we'll, we'll see what stoke team turns up but um hopefully we can we can carry on the momentum from derby and, some nice cross, and um, there, there won't be a flagship show on sunday um yeah. but for those of you unable to make it on saturday night we'll be putting out either some 
and some best bits or definitely live recordings of the the meaty chunks of the of the show so you won't be missing out on too much um yeah and in terms of um, your plugs, Harry, do you want to quickly tell us about your blogs and all that kind of stuff? Um, yep, just to, to say the, um, the the notes for Stoke with formations, videos of the last three games, etc. will be up Friday lunchtime on TWTD and you can find it on at Harry from Bath on Twitter. I link any of the previews I do on the, the written work like that will go up um, on Twitter that way, at Harry from Bath. Great stuff. Um, we'll probably do a, an extended version of our Wigan preview f- next week as normal. Um, as I mentioned, you can um, find the channel at Blue Monday ITFC. You can find me at Ips Rich. Um, and we are going to end um, with um, something in memory of Gordon Banks, a great Gordon Banks, yeah. Harry. You found indeed. a quote. A st- he's, he's a Stoke yeah. alumni, isn't he, Gordon Banks? He is, he is indeed, yes. So, yeah. Gr- greatly, greatly loved. And the oatcake, a bit like when we lost poor Kevin earlier in the season, there was a an outpouring of deep affection for him. Um, modesty was the huge um, theme that came through. Um, that uh, a, a man full of class off the pitches, he was on a humble down to earth, always willing to talk all things Stoke. And there was an echo. This reminded me. Uh, it reminded me of Terry Butcher actually. The affection with this part of it. Um, a few years ago, Gordon gave up his time to come and manage an oat cake mix and match team, which is their TWTD, um, for, um, for a play on the pitch at uh, Britannia Stadium. Those on the home team will remember his rousing and amusing pre-match team talk out on the pitch and how he posed for pictures and signed autographs without a care in the world. He really, really loved the team and his modesty came through. And I also, I dug out from my shelves behind, it's one of my favourite, it's a lovely memoir from a, from another era, Banksy, his autobiography, which it's, it's. I mean, the guy's humility is wonderful. And just really some of the final paragraphs, just a quick finish, just a quick uh, read to finish. Um, he talks about just how fortunate he was. He says, I've also been fortunate enough to make a great career in what I believe is the greatest sport on earth. Football is a serious business, but the key to enjoying it to the full and to surviving in the game is not always to take it too seriously. That has been my philosophy for both football and life. Of course, sometimes seriousness has its place, but in life, as in football, for everything there is a season. And he talks then about how much it had given him, um, about he played alongside and against some of the greatest names ever to have played. No money could replace that wonderful experience. And he also finally thanks the players and particularly the supporters who in turn have touched his life. He says, collectively, you've given me much more than a lad from Tinsley could ever have expected. Words can never express my true gratitude. Some people um, think there's no place for sentiment in football. There is now. Great man. Great man. Great man. Yeah. Thanks so, for that, um, Harry. Cheers. Well, if we don't see you on Saturday, have a fantastic weekend. Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. 
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.